I'm Corey Shapiro. In this podcast, we discuss divorce news. We answer listener questions. I sometimes provide my observations about relationships. I've been a family lawyer for a while. I have a lot to say. In divorce news this week, there's an article by Nikki Kitsatonis, who's a freelance writer for the New York Times. The article called In Greece, A String of Killings Pushes Domestic Abuse into the Spotlight. And basically, this woman should start writing thriller novels if she hasn't already, because this is how you start off a thriller, but unfortunately, this is real life. Here's the first sentence, or a few couple sentences. One woman was suffocated, her body found next to her baby. Another was pushed off a cliff, yet another was stabbed 23 times. Short, punchy sentences, but this is not a thriller. This is real life. So I was like, what's going on here? And apparently in Greece, and I'm sure widespread, there has been a tremendous increase on partner-on-partner violence. And the article really focuses on Greece and about what's been happening. What one thing really shocked me was there was this man who suffocated his wife or smothered her in front of their 11-month-old child. Yes, hear me out. And he first denied doing it, then he admitted. Her name was Caroline Crouch, and her husband was Cheryl Lambis Agnagnotopoulos. And this guy was a helicopter pilot, okay? He's not a sociopath. He's a functioning person in society. And he is so angry, so upset, so frustrated, so limited options that he kills the mother of his child, and probably the only person he loved. So I had to look a little bit more. I had to get deeper. Turns out she wanted a divorce, and that's why he did it. And then he now accepts his punishment, and I don't know what they're going to do over there, but it's just a waste of so many lives. His life, also the child's life. That's major (laughs) damage the child's growing up with. And obviously her life, her family's life, so just a total mess. And what the article went into, which I agree with, which is all of the things they have to do for people like this for punishment and deterrence for the victims. And that is true. But I like to solve things initially. I like to get to the root. And nowhere in the article do they really talk about the problem, the real problem, which is how can we teach people, not just men, who go to extreme measures like he did, who are normal normal people, we're not talking about sociopaths who just want to kill people, when they're so upset, when they're so triggered. We see this in other areas, you know, road rage. We see this with high school students shooting up the school. And that really interests me. So I hope there is going to be more funding, not only for the victims, not only for protection, which should be the case, but also for services for these people. And I think we need to learn this stuff in school when we're young. You know, for example, for me, my parents instilled in me a really simple rule. You don't hit your sister. It was like, you don't hit your sister. Now, I'm a lawyer, but this is when I was a little kid. And of course, I need asterisks and pretend. So one time, my sister hits me. She hits me. And also, she's four years older than me. Okay, four years older than me. I hit her because she hit me. So I hit her back. My dad said, no hitting your sister. I said, dad, she hit me first. He's like, what's the rule? What's the rule? Now, did I think that was fair, that she could hit me and I can't hurt her back? No. On the other hand, that is the level 
that we have to have for people instill it as a child. There's a nice saying I heard, if you learn things like this as an adult, like learning language as an adult, you're going to speak it with an accent. But if you learn it as a child, you're going to speak fluently. And I haven't touched a, a woman since, and that's it. That's just the rule. It's just, if someone pisses me off, which they do all the time, it's not an option. Not an option. All right, so that's the divorce news. I'm, ra- I'm really sad to hear all about that, but I do hope there is funding for the root, and I hope there's services for people so that family, there's going to be hopefully zero to no people like that ever again. That's my hope. All right, let's move to the question of the episode. It's from BF who asks, what apps do you recommend for co-parenting communications? Well, BF, that's a great question. And a lot of people who go through divorce, you know, they've been texting, they've been emailing, they call each other, and it's all over the place. And also for your lawyer, they're like, you know, one's a text, one's an email. It's like all confusing for us. And if you have one centralized place for communication, it is much easier if you ever have a problem. Now, to get someone on board <laughs> to communicate with these apps, that's a battle. That's a, That could be a battle. But the court, I think, will, if you really go push to shove, they'll force it into it. But that's not usually the biggest issue. Sometimes the issue is people agree to these apps, and then, like, sometimes they don't use them. Okay? So it's like, I'll, I'll use it 90% of the time. So that could be one battle, BF. The other battle is, well, which apps do I use? Well, there's on the basic just communication, there's a few ones that I've seen, and I'm not necessarily recommending this. I'm just telling you what's out there. One's called Family Wizard, Our Family Wizard. Uh, Another one's called Talking Parents. And I'll have the links to all this in the show notes, so you don't have to worry about that. So Talking Parents, Family Wizard, one thing about Talking Parents, which has a premium option, is they have video. I don't know if that's helpful or not, but that might be something. Family Wizard, what they're pushing as an add-on, a pricey add-on, but it's still interesting, is they measure your tone in your emails. And I have to say, I use Grammarly, and I love that Grammarly does tone because I'm trying to make everything as supportive as possible, and it's really challenging sometimes to communicate that when you're you know rushed, and you and Grammarly gives you that little you know icon if it comes off supportive, if it comes off a little too neutral. And, you know, obviously when you send someone an email, especially in a divorce situation, you're just going to assume the net, the worst. <laughs> so you have to be super supportive for them to even, they'll, they'll translate super supportive or super nice into just neutral. So that's what you have to do. So I think that's a good thing Family Wizard is doing. Another thing you can look at is, and it's a little broader than the question, BF, but I want to give you more value here, is if you're thinking about parenting plans, before you even talk to maybe an attorney or you're working with an attorney or a parenting coordinator or a parenting counselor, depending on where you are and what the language they use, there's a pretty cool website called Custody Exchange. And what I like about this is you're going to hear these terms like 8020 or 3225 or 5332 and all these terms. Like what, are, what do all these things mean? And you go on Custody Exchange and it's all there in plain English. So simple. Breaks everything down. I really like it. Okay. Last but not least is something for the children. Oh, yes, the children. That's what we're all doing it all about. Uh, Why don't they get calendars? Well, they do. There's a company called Mighty and Bright. You can look on there, and I think that would be a wonderful thing 
to give to them so they'll have some ownership over their schedule because they might feel a little, what we say, ping-ponging back and forth. Maybe if they have a calendar, they won't feel that way as much. So I hope that answers your question, BF. But actually, before I move on, one other thing I wanted to suggest is there's a great resource by the Arizona chapter. Arizona, the state of Arizona has some great resources. They have great parenting plans. And they also have this Arizona chapter of the Association of Family and Conciliation Courts, which is a great organization. Each state has uh, this their own chapter. And they came out with a co-parenting communication guide. And I'll put the link to that uh, in the show notes as well. And I think it's just a 14-page, really easy read, not in-depth, great introduction to how to do it right. And I think if you follow their advice, you'll be really ahead of the game. All right, some announcements for our episode. Up on the website is the five-part video series. These are the key points from the book, Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind. So people who rather watch than read, which is most of us, can just watch the video. If you want to get a little bit more in-depth, you can go and uh, read the book. That's up there. We're also starting a workshop. I'm calling it The Workshop because it's really about getting divorced without losing your mind. It's a monthly workshop we're doing. It's the first Thursday of the month, 5 p.m. Eastern time. You can go there and check it out. There'll be some presentation and time for Q&A. It's going to be recorded, the the workshop, but I'm not going to record or share the Q&A if people ask that. That's going to be private. All right. So if you have feedback for the podcast, you know, please send it to feedback at gettingdivorced.org. You have a, a question for the show. You can go on to our website at gettingdivorced.org and ask it. All right. So this is a good place to end. But before we do, I just want to give some appreciation to people who are going through a difficult divorce. And I want to recognize how hard it is. But I also want to tell you, you can do it. And that's what I tell my clients. You can do it. It's like running a marathon your first time and you're at that 15, 16 mile marker, and you just want to walk. I get a lot of those calls. I get a lot of clients. I feel that sometimes. And maybe just for the next few weeks or few days, you just can do one more foot ahead, just one more step. And then you're going to realize you're going to have difficult moments, but you're also going to see that you can normalize these difficult moments, these challenging thoughts and feelings. And you can accept this part of the process. This is the part of the process. This is why it's so hard, where you toil and you endure. But if you're fighting for what's important to you, you're going to welcome the challenge. And I hope that's where you're going to get. All right. Until next time, this is Corey Shapiro. Don't lose your mind. Mm-hmm.